God. What a wonderful day. Lord, you've blessed us. You've poured out onto us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I could just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I could just stay here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sermon title this morning is Confession. I think this is going to blend really well with what the Lord's doing right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Turn into your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, please. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Bless you, Father. What an awesome God. Thank you, Lord. Let's read this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Thank you, Lord. Father, we are, we are a blessed people. Yes. We couldn't ask for more. Except for Jesus, that would, would better glorify and magnify You. Lord, our lives, we're just human beings. Lord, we're just, as the Scripture says, just the dust of the ground. Yes. And out of that dust, Lord, You've perfected Your praise. Hallelujah. You revealed Yourself in a mighty way. And God, we just want to continue to be the dust that lifts up its praise. Lord, just stir us up to the heavens. And never let us get to the place, Lord, where we don't want to give You praise. Lord, where we're so struck by the struggles of the world that we've missed the fact that we are seated with You in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, where we're really at, Lord, is not where we physically are, but Lord, where we spiritually are with You, Jesus. And today, Lord, I just want to pray that God, that You would get all Your glory even further out of this time that we spend looking into Your Word Lord, we want to glean from Your heart. We want to hear from Your wisdom. Lord, we want Your mind conveyed to us today, Lord. And Father, how strange it is that You would use a man in flesh and blood, God, to anoint and to speak through, Father, and give anointed ears to those that will listen and receive it, Lord, as an anointed way, God, to produce the fruits and the purity within their own life that You want for them. Lord, we want that relationship with You that's not just a a here and there relationship. God, we want an intimate, near relationship every minute of every second. Oh God, Lord, would You just favor us today and help us, Lord, walk with You. We know our needs and our weaknesses and we know that You're able, Lord, in every way to secure for us Your full promises. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. What a blessing. Emily, Beverly, thank you for sharing that music with us. Thank you for sharing the heart of God with us today. I, I'm, I, I would not have missed it for the world. And for uh, Tina and Mike and, and, and Will, I'm sorry, for Tina and Will, for you too, because everything that the Lord's been doing has just been anointed and touched. And I'm touched by the Lord's presence. Yes. Confession. You know, it's, this is one of those things that this week I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart because it's become a part of me this week. And I would say that, you know, probably normally or typically we might think of like a Catholic church and maybe the confessional booths or something like that. And so in some ways we're trying to navigate away from it and only to, if we can only to realize that some of our sweetest moments with the Lord is that, that you get to be real with Him. You get to be completely open and, 
and everything gets to be as raw and real as it really is. And if we can, if we can get to the place where we don't have to hide that, that we can be in, intimately naked, if you would, in the presence of God, in our bare person, God wants to take you to new levels because you want intimacy on that level. You want God to have His way in your life. And so as I think of this, as I've been liberated and touched and ministered to as I've been confessing some of those difficult areas of my own life throughout this week. And I realize this is a worship to the Lord. It's a worship to be able, you should be able to invest time, not just in prayer and devotions, but being able to make confessions and share with Him those areas of weakness and vulnerability and failure in your own life. If you really want to go there, I think the idea is that this, compared to Him in all of His glory, compared to God in, in His perfection, will never weigh in on that balance and be anywhere near that. And yet He's given us room before Him. I want to say that because I think the most comforting thing we can ever have is that we can be real with somebody. We can be real with God. When I read this, this first part of this verse, he says, if we confess our sins, there's a necessity here. Confession is necessary. It wouldn't be labeled in Scripture if it wasn't. It wasn't written to the, the church that John was writing to if there was not a purpose and a need for it. And so oftentimes we think of the sinner that's for the first time coming to make their way to the altar and make their way to the cross and get a new cleansing from the life of sin that they've been living. And we think of confession as a, this is the sinner's plea coming back to God. But it's the righteous also. It's those of us who live for the Lord and we recognize our blemishes and even the ones we've been trying to hide. I love this because here it says, if we, have, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have no promise without it. That's one reason we know that it's necessary is because that promise proceeds afterwards. And so the forgiveness that we need and the cleansing that we need comes as we come to that place. You know, last week after... The, after the service, I, we had, I had somebody come to me in tears and share with me their heart. And I loved what they said. And they said, we need purity for the presence of God. And I receive that. I believe that here. And I see this. is Purity isn't this outward formality that we have something perfect. It's that we're really finally coming close to the Lord in every area of our life. So that's, that's one thought behind the reason it's necessary. Another one is there must be a valid interest in forgiveness. See, if we really wanted God to forgive us, the sincere and the reality of the heart is, I have to have an interest in this. There has to be something that shows there's a valid interest in being forgiven. And here we have a scripture in Psalm chapter 66, verse 18. And it says this, If I regard inequity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. See, there's, there's, a, there's people that could fit this category that the, the attitude of their heart is to stay in their sin and not bring that before the Lord. And if we regard inequity in our heart, there's no valid interest toward the forgiveness of God and the cleansing that Jesus offers for us. The virtues of God's goodness hinge off conditions fitted to His nature. You know, Jesus, the Bible talks about that God's not tempted with sin, 
So these are the kinds of conditions you would expect God to give us. The kinds of conditions that are fitted to the nature of God. And God is perfectly holy. And so in these conditions, we realize that the nature of humanity is struggling to be able to fit ourselves to that kind of holiness. So what does God have for us? But an opportunity to approach Him in our weaknesses and our struggles and to find His faithfulness lying right there. So I sense that it's necessary. And I would say like this, is that the more I I I see it as necessary because you long for purity. See, that's that's the difference is, is I want purity. I'll fight for purity. I'll hold on to purity with all my heart. I want to be in an atmosphere where not only is the atmosphere itself pure, but that I come into that atmosphere with purity and I will long for that. And as long as that's a longing in your heart, then confession is a part of your life. It's a deep and passionate area that you don't ever get past. Because confessing to you is a part of being able to come to that place of purity as close as God can get you there. And this is the thing, we're inviting the grace of God into our life by being willing to be open. You know, I think it's powerful and it's profound. In the book of James, it tells us to confess our faults one to another. Well, in our day and age, that's a fearful thing to come into any congregation of people, whether it's a church or outside of a church especially, and and, and have that kind of mindset and mentality. But as we've come to the reality is the grace of God has touched me, not because I'm perfect, because of the goodness of God and His outreach to me to draw me closer to Him. And all I can say is this, that I know this, that I've been in the presence of the Lord in many different times in life, and every single one of them made me want to be pure. Every single one of them had this tendency to create in me a purity that it seemed, even if it was a momentary, or if it was an hour or two, or three or four days or a week, it was like I felt like I had conquered sin. That it was over the power of darkness. That the devil couldn't reach me while I was in Jesus. There's just something powerful about the influence of God over my heart that made me live a holy life. Made me live as if I couldn't stop living in a righteous life. I wasn't moved and motivated by darkness. And I would say that's the power of God's presence. Is that God does something in that time that changes you and molds you and shapes you and whatever your struggles are in the moment, if you could just be there with the Lord. Just be there. And so sometimes the invitation there is just to make some confessions about what's going on in heart. And the beauty of that isn't just naming out what the sin is or what the failure or the inconsistency or whatever that might be, but it's sharing with God your heart about that. You know, I think it's just as well that I can say, Lord, you know me. And I know that I have at times this struggle with, say it's anger. I'm struggling with anger and I know that I shouldn't be. But I also realize that it's not just about what's right and wrong. I struggle because sometimes the feeling of acceptance gets in the way of the reality of who you are in my life. And I'm just trying to earn somebody's acceptance. Or I feel frustrated because the situations in my life are overwhelming me in the moment and I don't know what to do with it and I've just cast out anger of it. And Lord, while I'm sitting here taking time before You, I'm just wanting You to know that I feel vulnerable in the moment, but I really want You. I want You to take that place in my heart so that I don't have to keep lending myself to 
this area of sin in my life that doesn't work your righteousness. I know what your word says, but I know that you will harmonize inside of me what agrees with your glory by giving me your grace. I don't know how I just said that, but I did. I believe the Lord wants to harmonize and put inside of us what is Him. You know, it's God working in us both the will and to do of His good pleasure. We work so hard at trying to be good people, and all we really have to do is just lend ourselves. You know, you don't have to work hard to get in the presence of God. You just have to let go to get in the presence of God. Confession here we see as provisional. It's not just necessary, but it's provisional. He is faithful and just. I love this. This is what He's provided. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I wrestle with those parts of the Word, not because I don't believe that they're true, because I want to know how much more they're true than what I've experienced. I feel like when I look at this, it's like me coming to the edge of an ocean and I look at the ocean, I think this is far more vast than my human body can explore. The ability of my physical frame and my finite being to be able to grasp in fullness this ocean and this depth and this vastness. And I feel like that's what I'm coming to is this provision of that you would forgive me of all my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You'd invite me into that. That is remarkable and is beyond belief. And yet it's true only because God says it's true. Sincerity adapts us to forgiveness. I think that's the reason why when we confess, you know, we've all been in those situations where the confession is the way to get out of the, the, uh, the consequences. I'll confess so that I don't have to deal with consequences. I'm afraid of that God might bring some struggle in my life or that situations are going to get bad if I don't make confession. And that's not even agreeable to the heart of God. It's not even agreeable to the heart of God that it's an escape hatch so that I'll confess because you're missing the heart of the Lord in what He's asking you to do, what He's commanding you to do. And so ultimately, He's more willing to forgive and cleanse and provide for you what you actually need than you are willing to receive it. I'm grateful that the Lord is teaching me that. I'm grateful that as I, as I even you know, step into the water and my ankles are wet, and it feels really good having my ankles wet. It feels more powerful when, when, when I'm, I'm uh, up to my knees. And it just feels like there's another, another sense of the glory of God that comes as I just get a little bit deeper with Him. And when you're in over your head, when you're in over your head, it's worth it. So don't just stay getting wet. Get in over your head. God has given us a means by which we can receive mercy. See, I know that we'd all like to believe that mercy just comes and flashes in on us. But you know, some people don't have the heart for mercy. In other words, the way that they're living is the way they want to live. They would prefer that over anything else. Maybe if their eyes could be opened, they would see, I want mercy. But see, God's made a means of mercy, a way of mercy. So as you confess, you have the means to mercy. And you know, it's amazing because I want to say this because I think that it's so true that your means to mercy and God's willingness to provide it are for you 24-7 every day of the week. 
Whatever you're needing, you're learning. I know that I failed in an area, or maybe it's not failure, but I feel weak in an area, and I'm so vulnerable to whatever may happen, the attack of darkness. I recognize that God has always left me an open door. There's an open door policy with the Lord, and I can come in at every moment. You know, right now we came into this place to worship the Lord together. We come because we corporately share in the faith and the love for the Lord. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like being together and worshiping the Lord. There's nothing like hearing somebody shout from the back and sharing their praise with God and having somebody and somebody else's doing that up front and in the middle. There's nothing wrong with having somebody come to the altar and bow their knees and just share their love and praise. I love every aspect of it. I love it when you guys are free to share your praise and there's this intimacy that develops. And if I get my eyes just to where I open it long enough to see you worship the Lord, it's a beautiful thing. And it always will be. And I know that God has given us a means to be able to come into His presence even further. See, the Lord wants to wipe away everything that stains and everything that blemishes so that we can have more of Him. See, salvation is so remarkable that God does the cleansing. We do the confessing. Imagine God telling you to do the cleansing. God telling you to do the perfecting. You do to do the work on your own heart. Imagine how difficult that would be. But He gives you something that's within your, your phrase, your, your ability, and He just gives you the call to confess. I want to give some practical advice as to what I think confession should look like or that we can move forward with confession. Confession should be viewed as worship. I really think that. I think it should be one of those things. As a matter of fact, I would say that sometimes as I worship the Lord, I feel like confession becomes more um, intimate. Confession becomes more intimate. I feel like I can more freely have an openness to share things deeply with the Lord and in a language that feels like my heart language coming out of my mouth. And so to me, it's like it's another piece of this worship to the Lord. Lord, I worship you. Because see, this is the thing. Jesus married you and He took you in knowing you're good, you're bad, you're best, and you're worst. And yet He loves you despite. And so here He sees us where we truly are. We don't have to hide anything. You know, one of the things I've discovered about one of the, the best things about a good marriage is that you really don't have to hide anything. You think you do in different circumstances, but the reality is we don't. We can be completely open with one another. And sometimes that's difficult on a human level, but this is God we're talking about. So it's not difficult with Him, with us. I think the Lord loves to hear us speak as it truly is. Remember, there was two, two, and one of them he's confessing and talking about how he's done so well. And the other one just beat his chest and said, Lord, forgive me. And, and Jesus looks at the one who's humble and he hears him. We have so many places in the Word of God that he says that God's heart is out to the humble. Out to the humble. And you know, some of the most humble people that I've ever met and that actually speak the most to me are the most open people that I've ever met. Sometimes I feel like you're way too more open than I think you should be, but the beauty of it is you don't have anything to hide. And that means you're a, you're a specimen ready for the grace of God at work in your life. Confession is not a task. It is an honest reflection of your heart for God. Give time for it. Don't rush it. I would say this is so important 
We feel like we just want to get in and get out because that's really the last thing on our list that we want to do. Hear this quote from R.C. Sproul. He says this, Confession should be daily activity for Christians whose entire pilgrimage is characterized by the spirit of repentance. See, if you could just for once, just take the word legalism out of it. Just please, take the word legalism out. And, and shape. this is a loving relationship that has no boundaries in its ability to be completely open. Then why can't we? Why can't we just have this opportunity to be completely real before Jesus? It is an act of faith. God will heal what you reveal. You know, when we read this, it says, confess your sins, and He's faithful and just. If the provision here is just as pure as He said it, then, man, I'm all on board. I'm like, all, if all I need to do is confess and turn my heart towards You, Lord, and that's what gets me the purity that I long for. That's how I get to have communion with You. Then You've signed me up. Sign me up and don't take my name off the roster because I'm going to be I'm going to be in attendance every time that there's a roll called yonder for me to be able to just put my name down in that class. Lord, I want to be there. And so if you look at it from the perspective that God intended for it to be, it's a beautiful thing. And it's really a true worship to Him. It's your, your heart coming out as it is. And you know, nowhere else do we get the privilege to be completely open and honest with every single, with any person or anybody that we know. But we get to be that way with the Lord. You know, one of the things I remember as a young man struggling just on my faith to lay hold of the Lord. And I remember one of the things that I embraced the most, that I loved so much about being there, was I could get on my knees and it felt like the Lord loved me. It felt like He loved me. And I, and I knew that James didn't feel like he deserved that love. I knew that James wasn't worthy of that kind of love. But the more I felt like it, it was like there's somebody who knows me. He knows me so deeply, and yet his love is not shy. He doesn't shy away. He knows me in my worst, and he's still here present. And my family life didn't show me that. But because I felt that from the presence of God, it redefined for me what love really meant. And I think love means that it can face you when you're the worst. I think that's why we have scriptures that say that God, so that while we were yet enemies, God loved us and commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. What you reveal, God will heal. Don't be afraid to be specific. I think that's one of the things we're lacking because we have such generality. That we not only be specific, but just stay there for a little while. Allow for it a little while. And the reason I say it is because as you just give more room and you're more specific, you give more place for more healing. More inner development of godliness through this. So one of the things that I've realized is I've taken time to confess and it's become more specific in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit has led me to be able to do this more. It's like I got to see deeper areas of my heart. And as I was able to confess to the Lord, I begin to see other things that were attached to that same struggle in my life. And I felt like what God was saying is, it's not just here. I don't want to just heal you in this one area. I want to encompass everything that it has to do with this. I love you too much 
for you to not know this. See, God isn't just here in this one finite area. He wants to encompass all of our life. And so He knows that even in one area of sin, there's so much more that enters into that. And I found that the Holy Spirit began to show me areas of my heart. I really didn't trust You, Lord. I said it with my mouth, but I realized in my heart I wasn't really trusting You in it. And by my actions, yes, my actions being completely opposite of my words, I had the verbiage of worship. But I wasn't actually worshiping You in what I chose. And in my heart, Lord, I see my actions showed that I didn't really trust You. And I now see why. There's this distance. And it wasn't because you were distant, it was because I was. And thank you, Lord. And, and there's this, this new invitation as the Holy Spirit's like nabbing that conviction, that confession from the air. He's, he's restoring your heart because you're being sincere and you're being absolutely genuine in the moment. And so it's like there's this, I, I'm captured by the reality of my weakness. And I realized something. There's something God gave me as an illustration of my life recently. And there's this sense of liability to just whack. And I sensed with this struggle. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me. You are completely liable, but you are not able. You're completely liable, but you're not able. And so when we confess, we invite Him to do what He's able to do that we can't. And that just started to highlight for me something that I think I've inwardly known, but I didn't capture like the way I needed to. Listen to this quote from Thomas Brooks. He says, An implicit confession is almost as bad as implicit faith. Wicked men commonly confess their sins by wholesale. We are all sinners, but a true penitent confesses his sins by retail. It's like we'd like to just cover them all in one confession. Lord, just forgive me of all my sin and we're over with. But how about develop in me every little piece of Christ's likeness where all these things have invaded the space of my life. Just develop that in me. That's all that it's about. Let go of what others have done to you. It's a barrier. You know, I think that when I hear more and more people saying, you know, so and so, and they're blaming others for the situations that they're in, and it's almost like they're in a complete fog that you had entered into the problem yourself somehow. So just let go of what others have done because it acts as a barrier to being able to be completely free in this area of intimacy with Jesus. And then remember that confession is not just about sin. Confession is just every area of your life. It's like you finally got somebody that would listen to you. Ladies, I know you want to hear this one. Somebody that will listen to every detail of everything that you want to say. Everything that's in your mind. Your husband gets exhausted. You know, he doesn't know how to be like Jesus in that way. But you've got a man in your life that will be there for you to listen to every detail. And... The more you're willing to open, the more He wants to share Himself in this. I want to also say that we see in this, these verses that confession is humbling. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. Here's what I, I, want, to, I want to focus on this. This is beautiful to me. This is everything about this. And it's this. God does His best work in a soft heart. Did you hear that? God does His best work in a soft heart. See, you think that when I'm writing a sermon that it's just, you know, He's getting it down and He's just doing... Sometimes I spend hours. And there's one thought like this. It'll have me cultivating not just hours, but weeks. 
after this sermon, I'll be meditating and thinking about how God works in a soft heart. And all the Lord wants to do is continue to soften because that's the ground that He sows in. I want you to look in Psalm 95, verses 8 through 11. Go ahead and turn there and then shout an amen when you get there. Psalm 95, 8 through 11. God does His best work in a soft heart. Anybody else out there? Amen. Okay. Psalm 95, 8 through 11. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me. Though they saw my work for 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they will not enter into my rest. So we, I'm just here we have the opposite, a hardened heart. Somebody that's just rebelled against the Lord, and they just can't, they can't capture. God could be all around them, and they'll never see it. There's a blindness there. But as you soften, and God just follows the ground of our heart, it's pliable to the presence of God. And what I've noticed is this for myself. When I have a softened heart, it's easy to be touched by God. It's easy. I've had times where, we, like end of service, and somebody's talking, there's fellowship going on in the pleasantness of that fellowship. And I just feel the presence of the Lord revealing something to me they don't know. And the tears are starting to come down my eyes and I'm feeling just the touch of the Lord in my life. I would share this is in those precious moments for me when there's intercession is, is coming, I, I would share with you the testimony I, I sense when there's the presence of the Lord for intercession. What I, I would say is there's this solemnness. This start, I feel this solemnness, this tenderness in my spirit toward the Lord before Anything major happens, I feel that. And I feel that tender touch of the Lord, and it's just a softness. I could say, I feel like I'm just soft and hard. It's just like the Lord could just, just touch me, and I'm broken, and I feel for people, and I'm moved by His love in deep and passionate ways. And, and it's not words anymore, it's just the reality of it. So I think this is what God wants in His people is this, this softness, this, this tenderness of heart. And then we read in another place in Scripture that pride will kill any chance you have. He says in, in, uh, in James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Go ahead and turn there also because I see, I think, I, I know you guys have captured this. I know this is a very real, but I just want to paint how the Word of God shows us this. Go to James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. I know you're a few miles away from you know, there when you're in Psalms, but you'll make it. <laughs> Even if there's snowy weather and it's slick, you're still going to make it here. We're going to make it. Amen. Who's there? Amen. Yes, Lord. But He gives more grace. Oh, isn't that sweet? He gives more grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud but He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. He will lift you up. You know, I don't know that... I think that He is. He shares, as, as we read here, that sinners, you double-minded... We, we look at the lowest of society. We think of the worst of the worst. And yet, look at what God has provided. He says, if, if, if the worst and, and the most unlikely will just soften, will just surrender to Me, I will lift them up. I will lift them up in that need. And I just want to capture that in the moment because this is a precious promise. The grace of God abounds to the softened in heart. Self-loathing and depression come from hiddenness and secrecy, not from openness and confession. If you look at people, the more they hide, the more depressed they come. And it just becomes a nature to the thing that they're struggling with. God gives great promises to the humble, and that which we read here. And lastly, I want to just focus on this thought that confession is liberating. Confession is liberating. The confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. This was said by August. St. Augustine, the confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. Our greatest victory is freedom without pretense. That, see, that's the thing to me is, I've had those times, I want to share this, I've had times where I've made my confessions. I've shared with people, but there was something pretentious in it. And it wasn't until afterwards, or sometimes time passed, that I started to realize it wasn't the confession that was the problem, it was the pretentiousness of it. It was still like there's still something that's not coming out in this. And the victory is this, is that I actually have freedom and I don't have any pretenses. I don't have to look like something that I'm not. You know, today in our society, that's what we're being encouraged is just be yourself. Be true to yourself and all of that. And we're missing the bigger part of it because while we're chasing this figure out who I am, we have all these pretenses in trying to make that and make ourselves live up to that standard. And when we realize what true freedom is, it's not like I'm trying to live up to a standard. I'm not trying to be something. I'm not trying to be a better worshiper. I am what I am by the grace of God. And the Lord has been working His ways through me. And it's, you know, you think of David when he was insulted by his brothers and they said, you, we know the naughtiness of your heart. You've just come out here to see what's happening. And David in absolute sincerity is like, I'm free from all of this idea. There's no pretensions in my faith. I literally do believe that this giant is defying the army of the living God. And I have no reason to stand, but stand against it. I won't live for this. I would rather die than see him defy the reputation and the honor of God. See, it was sincere in David, and so he didn't have to bow to the belief of men. He didn't have to let somebody tell him, you know what, you've got pride in your heart because you're so outspoken. And there are people that are pride in heart and outspoken. But David wasn't. And that's why God backed him, because he didn't have any pretense in his faith. And he lived it out and he walked it. And oh to God that you would do the same thing for us. Lord, that you wouldn't build in us this non-pretentious faith, and that we could be real and yet at the same time transformed by the inner workings of God. And that whatever you've done in our life, that we never have to worry about what the world thinks. And human ideas about it. Knowing that our all is given to Jesus is true peace. Knowing that our all is given to Jesus is true peace. 
the pure in heart see God, those who pursue purity will love what confession is all about. See here in John, look in 1 John again. Go back to 1 John where we started, and we'll read here in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I got you to James, so John's pretty close to James. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It says this, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Even as he is pure. You see the, the provision here, the, the heart of God is revealed in this. The love of the Lord is bestowed on us. And I know that longing of the Lord. I want purity. Perfection, purity. We, we think of perfection rather than purity. Purity, this is what it means to me. I see someone who's genuine in what is in their life. And here's one of the things is, there's a purity in the fact that somebody, in a sense, they can be genuine about it. But there's not a pur purity in that uh, they're being, they're completely made right with the Lord. See, sometimes we can be faithful and say, look, I'm only human. I make mistakes, right? But the purity that we're looking for isn't the one that leaves us vulnerable to that attack. And so the purity I want is, if I'm not perfect, I want a perfect heart, Lord. I want a perfect heart. Because that's what matters the most to you. See, I think that Jesus constantly throughout Scripture, He did something that I find simply beautiful and amazing. The people that Jesus actually had that just worked his, their way around Him were like you had the adulterous woman. You had the Samaritan woman. You had people with problems that approached Jesus. And Jesus had a way of not trying to get them to look more like the Pharisees and Sadducees. He wasn't trying to get them religiously to look right and perfect. But he did have some objective in mind. And I love the words that Jesus said. It's like when Jesus was done, he could say what not, no one else could. And he said, go and sin no more. He could say that. And there's something that Jesus could impress into their spirit that make them feel like they could actually live that. Now, I don't mean to say by that that is from this day on that every Christian lives an impeccable, perfectly sinless life. But what I do say is this, that every Christian can live a life with a pure heart for God. And Jesus works through that. And while we do that, we're going to continue to elevate anything that can keep us in that zone. Lord, keep me in the zone of purity because I want it. And uh, strengthen our faith along with it. Because I'm going to believe in the Lord. As I'm pure in heart, it's easy to believe in the Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray and take time right now. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for our time together.
Lord, we really truly want your presence again and again. And Lord, I want to pray right now. I want to pray that you would find us faithful. Jesus, we confess that we're not the perfect church. And that's not hard to confess because we know it's very true. We also confess, Lord, that we need you. And we need you in every way, Father. We see so many things that we fall short in without you working in us in a more powerful way. And God, we ask you, Lord, this week to show your glory. God, show your glory in our church. Show your glory in our lives. Jesus, we confess our need for you, Lord, right now. Lord, I want you to soften my heart. God, throughout this week, I pray, Lord, that this is a corporate thing in our church, that you're softening us. That, Lord, we're not angry toward other people. Father, there's not unforgiveness that we're holding on to. Oh, Jesus, there's not places in our life where we feel betrayed and struggle through that we haven't released to you, Jesus. So right now, Lord God, help us to soften. And Lord, just not only by our words, but our actions show that we really do trust you and believe you all the way, Lord. Oh God, fully committed to you. Oh Jesus. Churches, we worship right now. We take just a few more minutes of what we've been doing the whole time just to worship the Lord. Just confess to Him things that are on your heart right now. Things that came to your mind during this time. Confess and let Him give you liberty and freedom through that. Don't miss an opportunity right now. Don't go home when God wants you to do something just sweet right now. In Jesus' name. Let's sing and worship Him and make those confessions to Jesus. Amen. Amen.